You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ogi Ogui, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. All right, praise the Lord. We want to do a teaching series on faith, and the best place to start is Hebrews 11.1, right? Yeah. So, call the teaching series Discussions on Faith. Um, so, this would be like Discussions on Faith, part one. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This is not a definition of faith, this is a character of faith. Do you understand? This is not a definition of fact. This faith that the writer of Hebrews was referring to here is not the same faith that you have. They're different. And I'll show it to you from scripture now. But the faith that you have also has this character. Do you get what I'm saying? So this isn't a definition. This is a characteristic. A character. So, um, um, one of the many characters of faith is that it substantiates hope. Do you get faith substantiates hope? And that's not so far-fetched. I hope for something that's going to happen tomorrow, but what I'm holding on to today, that what I'm hoping for is going to come to pass, is called faith. You understand? So faith substantiates hope. Faith brings a future hope to the present. Do you get that? So this isn't a definition of faith. This is a character of faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith gives to unseen realities. Faith gives proof to unseen hope. So this verse of scripture is not telling you, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say interesting things. So for example, um, a very, very um, popular man of God, whom I respect very deeply, says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for because it says because it starts with now faith must be a now thing. Have you heard that before? Faith is a now thing. Faith must be in the now. Results in the now. Well, that is contradictory, even to the verse. Do you see? Because if faith must produce results in the now, then it cannot be the substance of things hoped for. Do you see that? Great. And it cannot be the evidence of things not seen. Because it has to be now. Praise the Lord. So why did the writer of Hebrews start with now? Because he was flowing from previous thoughts. So I've been saying something and I've been mentioning faith since. I've been saying something and I'm mentioning faith. And then I'm like, okay, so now this faith I've been talking about is the substance of things so far. And the evidence of things not seen. Do you see? So... I didn't say now faith is substance of things before because I wanted to tell you that faith has to actualize itself in the present. But rather, I said it so that you would know that uh, you would see the result of what I've been talking about. I'll, I'll give you kind of like an explanation as to what I've been referencing since. Do you understand? Because you have a number of people who would say things like um, I've been praying 
for God to do something for me. And I've been having faith, but I haven't seen it happen. That statement is not a statement of faith. Do you get what I'm saying? What faith does is faith stands in till you receive what you are believing for. Faith is that standing till what I'm believing for comes. My faith is the standing. So, the Christian, first of all, has one ultimate who can guess what that hope is? The coming of Christ, eternal life, our glorified body, however you rephrase that statement. But the general concept is eternal life. Do you understand? That's the Christian's ultimate hope. That's what we look forward to. But the Christian lives by faith in light of that hope. Have received eternal life now? Yes and no. <laughs> Let me explain. Eternal life literally means you live forever, right? But are we going to die? Do you see? But do we have eternal life? How do we know we have eternal life? Faith. Do you understand that? So when we say just shall live by faith, what it means as believers is that our Christian walk on this earth is in faith that what is going to happen later will actually happen. The the reason why we would um when when we pray and we all rejoice and shout glory is is the stand in faith is the stand in until the reality comes. Praise the Lord. Now God does not demand that your faith is built on nothing. God doesn't ask for faith to be produced or to be worked. God gives you a reason to have faith. He does. Bless you. He always does. It's the AC2 code. Sorry. <laughs> Can't do anything about it. He always does. Do you understand? He would always give you a reason to have faith. That's why I've been saying this since. Um, faith is based on the observation of the consistency of God's goodness. Do you understand? Faith is always based on the observation of the consistency of God's goodness. So, as a Christian, now, I can have faith for an eternal life. Why? Because I have the Holy Ghost. Do you see? Do you understand that? So, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Look at this. It says, In whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, you were saved. Did you see that? You were sealed 
with that Holy Spirit of promise. Next verse. Which is the earnest. Do you have the NIV? He says, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance? Do you see? So the Holy Spirit is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. So, on what basis do we place faith in our receiving and eternal life? We have the Holy Ghost. God is always the initiator of faith. Do you understand? I know that you have heard before, or you've, you've probably thought before, that you will be the one to walk up faith. But understand something. God is the initiator of faith. God is the one who first gives a reason for you to believe. Then you now believe. Praise the Lord. Is why no man is judged until the gospel is preached to him. Do you see? Why? Because in in preaching the gospel, God initiates faith. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Do you understand? So when the gospel is preached, he has now given you a reason to believe. The burden of proof is now on you. To say, I believe or I don't believe. Do you understand? Do you see that? So, Ephesians 2. So, this will give you a new light now. You read Ephesians 2.8 in a different light. Ephesians 2.8. It says, for, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. Did you see that? What is not from yourself? The faith. It is a gift from God. God initiated it. Then you stayed on it. Do you see? Do you see? So your salvation in preaching the gospel, the gospel brings faith. You now choose to believe. Praise the Lord. This is why John chapter 3 verse 18. John 3, 17. Let's start John 3, 17 first. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Next verse. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Why? Because when the gospel is presented, God has presented to you a basis for which you can initiate, you can place your faith. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? So God is the one who initiates faith. Nobody, no man in and of himself can walk up that faith in God. God gives you a reason to believe. I tried to explain this in the camp meeting, but I didn't have time. God gives you God places a foundation. Remember on the first night I told you that God creates events that will be reference points for things he will do later. He initiates a foundation for faith. God is the foundation of faith. That's why Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. He authored it. He started it. When God then starts it, he presents it to you. It's now you that will say, I believe. 
you understand? Or I don't believe. So Second Corinthians chapter two verse fourteen. We read the scripture on the Sunday last Sunday, the last day of camp meeting. Fourteen says, "But thanks be to God, who always leads us. Okay, who always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the of the knowledge of um, the server of His knowledge by us in every place." Next. He says, For we are unto God a sweet suffer of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish. So this suffer, this knowledge, it works both ways. It's a double-edged sword. Do you see? The suffer unto God for them that are saved and them that perish. He explains himself. Next verse. He says, To the one we are the suffer of death unto death, and to the other we are the suffer of life unto life. And who is sufficient for this? So, let me explain. To the one, that is to one of them. Remember, which one? One of who? He said, to, to those in Christ and to them who are without. So now, he says, to one of those two, we are the server of death unto death. What does he mean? In presenting the, to somebody who doesn't believe. If he doesn't believe, you have given him death. Do you understand? Do you understand? And listen. When he doesn't believe, because he didn't believe, that condemnation comes. He's doomed for hell until he believes. But when one believes, you are the server of life unto you have given him. But in the end, the foundation of belief was you bringing the gospel. Praise the Lord. So let's go back to Hebrews 11. So God is the initiator of faith. No man walks up faith, even for healing. Did you ever notice? Jesus always, like everybody who displayed some level of faith in Jesus, Jesus found a way to initiate it. He would say things like, do you believe? The person would say, I believe. Do you understand? Walked up to Martha and said to her, um, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? Martha said, I believe. Because God initiates, even for healing, God initiates it. Listen, in healing somebody beside you, God has initiated faith in your heart. Do you understand? Do you understand? So I think the first faith myth that we are going to destroyed today, is that faith comes from you. It doesn't come from you. You are saved by grace through faith. And that's not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Some theologians or a lot of people have said, oh, when he says that's not of yourself, he's talking about salvation. We know. That was the first thing he said. He now says through faith. And the faith is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. When the gospel comes, God has given you that gift. Do you understand? Because a lot of them say if it's a gift from God, then those people who did not receive the gift, no, no, no. The gift was given to them too. But they refused it. Do you see that? Do you understand? So now faith is something for the evidence of things not seen. Next verse. It says, For by it, next verse. The elders obtained a good report. So this qualifies what faith is talking about. 
You see, faith in the Bible is not generic. So it's not everywhere you see faith that you are referring to faith for healing. Do you understand? Sometimes faith is referring to something else. Sometimes it's a saving faith. Sometimes it's referring to faith in God's plan by the Old Testament people. And that faith is different from the one you have. You see, because the thing they were hoping for was the coming of Christ. The first coming of Christ. The thing we are hoping for is the second coming of Christ. There's a difference, do you see? So it was faith in the first coming of Christ. It was that faith that by that faith, the elders, those Old Testament people, obtained a good... Praise the Lord. So, salvation has been given on two bases now. Listen. What I'm teaching is what a lot of people go to Bible school to learn. So listen carefully. Salvation has been given on two bases. To the people in the Old Testament, it was given based on looking forward to Christ's coming. To the people in the New Testament, it is given based on looking back at what Christ has done in reference to what is going to happen. Do you see? Two bases. So, when you now read going forward from Hebrews 11, a lot of things will confound you. Because you will see some names that you are like, how did this person display faith? Remember, what he's talking about here, the faith he's talking about here, is looking forward to, and by, and looking forward to and participating in the coming of Christ. In the, fall, in the coming of Christ, the first coming of Christ. Do you understand? So next verse. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Why is he saying this? He's referencing Genesis 1.1. Through faith. It was by faith that Moses Genesis 1.1. Do you understand? Of course, you know it was Moses that wrote the book of Genesis. It was by faith he wrote Genesis 1.1. He says, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen um, which, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Next verse. Now, okay, hold on. Before you go forward, why did he put this first? Before he started talking about other people. Why? Because of this last statement. Things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He's saying the fact that faith substantiates the unseen. Do you understand? So, In believing in the first coming of Christ, something which was not yet seen, everything they did was substantiating what they hadn't seen. Do you understand? That is why, going forward from this verse, he started to mention things that people did. Do you see that? Everything they did substantiated something they hadn't seen. Things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Are you following? So next verse. He now says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now, in offering unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, was Abel 
not displaying faith in the coming of Christ. Abel didn't even know. But in choosing, and how was it a more excellent sacrifice? In choosing the blood of a lamb over the sacrifice of crops, Abel displayed faith in God's plan. Praise the Lord. Why did God select Abel's sacrifice over Cain's sacrifice? This is why. Because Abel's sacrifice was a prophecy, a prototype of what God was going to do. Do you understand? So in doing so, Abel was showing faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when Abel was doing it, did he know that, oh, so I'm going to do this to show faith? No. Remember, I taught you during the camp meeting that these people didn't know. It is hagiosgraphy because God chooses. Do you understand? Good. Alright. And by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, he speaketh. So when in Hebrews 12, he says, we have come in. <laughs> we have come to a blood that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. What was he talking about? Abel's, the blood of Abel was, first of all, a prototype. It was a shadow. Of what the blood of Jesus Christ will do. Do you understand? So, the blood of Christ, speaking of things than the blood of Abel, was just a representation of types, and Abel was the typification, Jesus was the. Do you understand? Great. So he says, God testifying of his gift, and it being, by, um, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Next verse. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Another typification of life. Do you see? Do you see? Okay. <laughs> now, we've discussed, I've taught you this before about Abel and um, Enoch and Elijah, right? How many of you were here when I taught it? How they actually did die. Right? Right? They actually did die. But God hiding Enoch away from people. So that there would be no record of Enoch's death. Remember when I taught you about Melchizedek. And I told you that when he said he was neither without beginning of this nor end of this. does not mean he wasn't born or he didn't die. It means that there was no record. Do you understand? This is another place where you see that phrase. Another, that idea used. God hiding Enoch away. So that there will be no record of his death was a sign, a prophecy about eternal life. Do you understand? Now, when he says by faith, Enoch was translated. Question. Did Enoch translate him? So who initiated the faith? Do you see it? Do you see it? Great. That he should not see death and he was not found because God had translated him. So who initiated it? <laughs> for before his translation he had the testimony that he pleased God. next verse it says for without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him this verse does not mean that oh if you seek him first the kingdom of God he will reward you no are you seeing the bigger picture the reward that these people looked forward to was the coming of Christ. 
Do you understand? The rewards that these people, this is why Christ. Ah, let me get ahead of myself. Next verse. I'll come back to that. It says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an act to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. You might not understand this until you see Peter's explanation of Noah's story. Peter explained that by washing with water, God was cleansing the world of iniquity. Do you understand? And he didn't just get that explanation from the sky. He got it from Jesus Christ's teaching. When he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. He that drinks of me, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. I've explained to you the significance of living water. It was the Spirit that washed. Do you understand? So in Noah, believing in God's plan to cleanse the earth by a flood, Noah believed in the sending of the Spirit. Do you understand? Do you see it? So, all these people displayed faith in God's hidden agenda without knowing it. Who initiated it? Next verse. It says, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, he obeyed and he went out, not knowing which went. Next verse. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Next verse. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker. Hey, listen, when God told Abraham to exit, did Abraham know he was looking for a city whose builder and maker? No. No. But all of this was a display in God's purpose. Do you understand what I'm saying? In God's purpose. In God's declaration of a future life. A future city whose builder and maker is really God. That had foundations in God. Abraham didn't know. So you now see Jesus Christ walking around and Jesus says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And the Jews were like, kill you now. Because how old are you? <laughs> that you are saying our father Abraham, but he didn't get it. Listen, when the Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, it was not in trying to sacrifice Isaac. Sir. Do you understand? Well, it wasn't in believing that God would give him a son. No, 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 no. That was not what counted him for righteousness. Hebrews 11 tells you what. The belief, first of all, started when God told him, leave where you are and just keep going. I'll show you where you where you going to. Not knowing where he was going to, but trusting in God's ability to take him to that future. Is it very similar to who we are now? Can you see? Next verse. He says, through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive. Now, have you read Sarah's story? Question, did she laugh when they told her she would conceive? But they said through faith, she conceived. <laughs> and look at this. Through faith, actually, what was the display of faith? Received strength to conceive the seed. Not that she believed she would That was not where the faith was shown. Do you see? It was in receiving strength to have the child. Question, who gave her the strength? Who initiated it? 
and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Next verse. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the sea shore, by the seashore innumerable. This verse, what he's saying here is that in conceiving a son, alright, and because through that son many were born, Sarah believed in God's plan, just like Jesus said in John 12, 24, that except a corn of which falls to the ground and dies, he abides alone. But if he does, he will do what? Bring forth much. He says, therefore strong there even of one. Take us to the NIV. So that you can understand what you're saying. He said, and so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sun on the seashore. So Sarah's conception was displaying the faith that Christ in his death will bring forth many sons to God. Do you understand? Next verse. Now look at this. It says, They died in faith, not having received the promises. Now hold on. We've read it wrong. What Abraham believed in God for was receiving Isaac. If what Sarah believed in God for was receiving Isaac, if what Noah believed in God for was the saving of his family, if what all these people believed in God for were all these things that we already saw them receive, then this verse is wrong. Because if Abraham's belief in God was just for Isaac, did he receive the promise or not? Why did he say he didn't receive the promise here? Why? Because they all died still not seeing Christ. The real promise was Christ. Do you see that? He says, but having seen them from afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that are pilgrims on the earth. It is by this that the elders received the good reports. Do you remember? Praise the Lord. It is by this that the elders received a good report. So what you find in the nature of faith is that God is the initiator of faith. Man does not work it up. You can't. Because you don't even know what to believe in. Do you understand? And listen. The same way God initiates saving faith is the same way God initiated faith for any other thing. Did you get that? The same way. Same way. Same way. And so, do you now see how faith is the substance of things so before? These men and women they had a hope that they didn't even know. There was something unseen that they didn't even know. But their actions in faith substantiated that hope. Do you understand? So, when we, looking back from Christ at these people, we can now say, this is what this person did 
to substantiate or typify what Christ was going to do. Do you understand? So, the first thing you will need to know, if, if all we talk about today, about faith, is that God initiates it, then so be it. Next verse. Let's look at the next verse. It says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Next verse. I'll explain this later, but not today. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. Next verse. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly um, that is a heavenly one. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. So here is talking about going to heaven. Eternal life. But I'll explain it some other day, but not today. Next verse. It says, by faith, now he has gone back to Abraham. So, you see, <laughs> it says, by faith, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. Did Abraham offer up Isaac? Did Abraham offer up Isaac? He actually didn't. Because when you say you offered up, listen, the offering is not completed until you Do you understand? So, did he really offer up Isaac? What did he offer up? provided it. So just like, so by faith Abraham substituted. Do you see it? The same way God substituted his son for us. By faith Abraham substituted that ram for his child. And God didn't say by faith Abraham ram. God said by faith Abraham offered. God doesn't see Christ sacrifice Sacrifice, but God sees the sacrifice as yours. <laughs> All of this was by faith. Abraham didn't even know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He says, by faith, Abraham, when he was offered up Isaac, and he that offered up his only begotten son. Did Abraham offer his son? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Next verse. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Next verse. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the... From whence also he received him in a figure. So now, listen. Listen, listen. The right of is just interesting. He now says that, okay, okay. In offering up Isaac, Abraham accounted that God is able to raise him from the dead. He now says from whence, from where, from the dead. Also, he received him. So, he's saying that Abraham's Isaac was raised from the dead. Do you know that's what he's saying here? But did it happen? No. So, in accepting that round, and instead of Isaac being sacrificed, something else was sacrificed. This person said, that was also a figure of Abraham receiving Isaac from the dead. Which was also a typification of Christ being raised from the dead. Listen, God had a plan. Christ was never plan B. Do you understand? Kill that notion though, that so God created the world, he told them not to eat the food, and they ate the food that was there. Wow. What do we do? But then that's okay, let me give them laws. Give them laws, it didn't work. He was like, hey, who will go for us? Then Christ said, send me. No. No, he had a plan. Even before he created man, he knew man would fall. 
Do you understand? And he, God is gracious like that. He knew man was going to disobey him, and guess what he did? He created a possibility, an environment where man's obedience will not work against him. I think. <laughs> Next verse. <laughs> He says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. No, hold on. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Think about it. I thought Jacob scammed his father. It was by faith. This should put the whole faith talk in a different perspective for you, shouldn't it? Next verse. It says, by faith, Jacob, when he was also dying, Blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped leaning upon the top of his staff. Listen, you have heard of Jacob's story, blessing Manasseh and Ephraim. And what you hear is Jacob crossed his hands to bless this person over this person. And all of that is what people take away from the story. But in blessing them, he says it was done by faith. You might not understand. Let's keep going. Faith. Joseph died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel, and gave commandments concerning his bones. Next verse. By faith, okay, so go back, go back. Go back to Joseph. Why is this important? How does this typify Christ? Who, who was here for um, when I taught um, Passover and communion, baptism and communion? I talked about Passover. Who remembers? Who remembers that I told you that Passover was a typification of the, the departure from darkness into light? Who remembers? Who remembers? Now, when Joseph declared that the children of Israel will leave Egypt to a promised land, he was declaring that passage from darkness into light. Do you understand? Do you understand? Even you know. Next verse. It says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. So Moses showed faith by being hidden when he was born. <laughs> how? But how did Moses know to hide himself at three months old? <laughs> but why was this a display of faith? Because the same thing was done in Jesus' Jesus's life. Do you understand? He says, uh, because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Next verse. He says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Another prophecy. Because it is one of the prophecies that Jesus will call, be called out of Egypt. It's to be referenced as an Egyptian. I hope you know. He was brought up in Egypt. Is that true or not? You don't know Jesus was brought up in Egypt. They fled with him before they brought him back. In fact, what you have is Jesus, then the wise men, then they hid him, then by night they ran away to Egypt. The next thing you hear is, and now Jesus was 12 years old, so from like one year to 12, he was where? He was where? Just like Moses. And by faith, Moses refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, was the typification of Jesus refusing to be referenced as an Egyptian. Because by rights, by every governmental rules, he was an Egyptian. Do you understand? Next verse. 
says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the of Christ, hold on. He said, to right? The reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in, in Egypt. Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ. How? He says, For he had respect unto the recompense. What's the reward? Christ is coming. Next verse. He says, For by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Next verse. Through faith, he kept the Passover. Do you see? Through faith, Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Ah. Please go back and listen to the Passover message. <laughs> Next verse. Yes. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. By faith... Israelites, faith. Have you forgotten that in Hebrews 4, this person said that the word of God did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. But here he now says, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea. Which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. Next verse. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after compassed about seven days. What's the problem with this? What you have. Remember that I told you that the actions also substantiated their faith in Christ. Do you understand? So, um, many of them, in doing some things, displayed that they believed in what God was going to do. Basically, any action that preserves the children of Israel, alright, the coming of Christ was a show of faith. Why? Because in preserving the coming of the children of Israel, they preserved the lineage of Christ. Do you understand? So let me let me punctuate here. It sounds weird. Please increase it from here. Oh, this is the loudest you can go. Let me punctuate here to see this. There's a concept in theology, thank you. There's a concept in theology known as the sovereignty of God. I've never heard that before. The sovereignty of God. And a lot of people will say things like, God is sovereign, and so he can do whatever he likes. It is true and not true at the same time. Why? Because the sovereignty of God has a context. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't call God sovereign in every area. Because you would notice through scripture that there were times where it was as if, God didn't act until a man moved. Do you understand? Until a man said something, God didn't do anything about it. Until a man prayed, God didn't do anything about it. But, you don't notice some other places where God just did. Consequences be damned. He just did. But one thing you will notice if you are a good Bible student, is that all those times that God displayed his sovereignty, like we've been reading from the beginning till now, he was doing it in favor of salvation plan in Christ. 
So the context of God's sovereignty is Christ. Do you understand? Do you understand? Okay. So for example, God decided by himself that Mary was going to get pregnant. When the angel appeared to her, he was not asking for permission. She, you know, he was telling her, you'll be pregnant. You just will be ready. That's a display of sovereignty. <laughs> sovereignty just means I can do what I want to do, so I can do it. But the context of that sovereignty, or all the things that God did to display that sovereignty, they were disrespect to Christ Jesus. Do you understand? So, um, I'm saying that because um, I, I, <laughs> somebody says, Shabib, God is sovereign. That means whatever I'm doing now is, the, is His will. Have you heard that before? Whatever it is that I'm doing today is God's will. Because God controls everything. He doesn't. See, when He created man, He said to man, Be fruitful and multiply. And He said, And have dominion over all things. So God relinquished the control of the earth to man. Is that true? Is that true? Good. Now that he has relinquished the control of earth to man, he doesn't control everything. So if there is a good God, why is there so much evil in the world? Because man is in control. Full stop. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But there were times through that timeline where God put his finger in what man was doing and orchestrated and all those times was leading up. He was leading things up to the coming of Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? Alright. So by, by faith, okay. Verse 17, when you speak about um, Abraham mm-hmm. and offering of Isaac. Okay. My question is, um, is it that he offered up Isaac because, because he explained to us that not as many offered mm-hmm. So is it that he believed because he believed fully and decided that it would be Isaac who offered or God said he was going to do it that way, even if Abraham doesn't believe or not. Yeah. Second one. I hope you know, when, when Abraham was taking Isaac to that altar, he intended to kill him. I hope you know. He intended to kill him. It's not like Abraham believed that God was going to bring Isaac back from the dead. He didn't. You don't have any reason to believe that from the story. Do you understand? But the writer of Hebrews wrote in that way, because God was acting sovereignly. Do you understand? So when God gave Isaac, when God gave Abraham a ram, the writer of Hebrews said, can you see? God received Isaac back from the dead. Abraham received Isaac back from the dead. But Isaac never even died. Do you see that? Alright, let's continue. Um, we are at verse 30. Take us back to 30. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Next verse. It says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies in peace. Rahab. Think of, do you know there are only two things we know about Rahab in the Bible? Okay, three. She lived in Jericho. She was a harlot. And she rescued the Israelites. Three things. Those are the only three things we know. If you are a deep Bible student, you now realize, okay, she married into this family. But last, last, the three things that are popular about her 
she lived in Jericho. She was a big girl, Harlot. She was a big girl with a small girl, and the small girl with a big girl. And then she rescued. Now, why did she rescue the spies? Fear. Not faith. Because she had heard what happened at Canaan. She had heard that these people, their God split the sea. Wait, let me tell you something. If, <laughs> so you think that if the Atlantic Ocean should open it to you, you will not hear it. You hear it though. You don't want to hear it. She had heard. You understand? She had heard of this and then she's like, let me not be. Let me shy help these people. So that when they come, she was a businesswoman with business and she was just doing good business. So that when they come, they won't kill me. They will remember that I helped. So when, if you remember, she was like, so when people are coming back, remember that I helped you. And spare my family. But I said it was by faith that she did it. Praise God. The way God sees things and the way we see them, they're very different to see. Next verse says, and what shall I say, or what more, or what shall I more say? For time will fill me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson. <laughs> hey. And of Jephthah and of David and also and Samuel, Samuel. And of the prophets. Next verse. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, Daniel. In stopping Daniel, in stopping Daniel, in the lion's den, was a display of faith in God's plan. Some of these things you're like, God, how? Next verse. It says, quench the violence of fire, escape to the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strength, that's a reference to Gideon, um, were made strong, waxed val- valiant and fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Next verse. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Listen, these people did not really believe, really in all their fullness, believe in, they didn't even know God's plan in Christ. They, they really didn't. But it was all the things he says were this place of faith. Letters. I think we're getting close to the end. It says, And others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. Next verse. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goats case, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. So hold on. All these things. This is interesting. All these things that you just read, all these horrible things happened by, by what? So first of all, let us cancel the notion that faith prevents negativity. Do you understand? Do you understand? Faith many times will be expressed in you enduring negativity for what you believe in. Do you follow? Do you follow? Listen. God doesn't give anybody sickness. But true faith is shown when in sickness you still believe in God's mighty plan for your life. Do you understand? The context for your belief for healing is your belief for salvation. 
Don't ever forget, the mightier must stand above the big, the smaller. Do you understand? What I think is, the way you should see it is, if God can save me eternally, then I believe that he can save me from sickness. Do you see? But even though he doesn't save me from sickness, he will still save me eternally. That's faith. Do you understand? Good. So they, they wondered about the sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Next verse. It says, Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Next verse. It says, And these all, having obtained a good report, through faith, received not the... So you see, Hebrews chapter 11 is not talking about you. Do you see? It has nothing to do with you. In fact, if you want to learn, Hebrews 11 is a precursor to Hebrews 12. Next verse. It says, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. This verse means that this promise that they were looking forward to, God provided it for us so that their perfection, their completeness, all those things they've been believing in, they won't receive it without us. We would all receive it together. Do you understand? Do you see that? So, Abraham believed God for Christ's coming and that belief was perfected when I received Christ. Do you see? Next verse. He now says, Wherefore, Seeing we also are encompassed with so great a cloud of witness. What's this cloud of witness? Everybody he mentioned in Hebrews 11. This is, so there's a context. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which, is so, which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I think next week what we'll talk about is the dual nature of faith. Alright. Um, many times in the Bible you see that faith is always um, connected to something else. So there's faith and patience, faith and love. Just that there's a dual nature of faith. Faith must work with those other things for it to be faith. If it doesn't work with those other things, it cannot be faith. Just that. You see? So um, he says, let us run with patience. Why did he say patience? Remember what he has been saying since the point of the entire Hebrews 11 is many people suffered many things and still didn't receive the promise. So when we promise you that there is an eternal life, understand that you are not alone. There is a cloud of witnesses. There are people who exemplify what we are talking about. So seeing as you have this great cloud of witness, run with patience. You too. Praise the Lord. In fact, he the precursor to this in Hebrews, I think, 9 was, let us follow those who through faith and patience obtain the promises. So faith must work with praise the Lord. 